Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host. Juliet Lamar, and we have with us today Marshall Webb. He is the CTO of Path Network, and he's got a wealth of information, and we're very excited to chat with him. Welcome, Marshall. Hi. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Of course. So we've got a lot to talk about today, but why don't you go ahead and start us off with uh, what you're up to currently, which is Path Network. Give us a little in- overview of that company. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the, uh, I'm the CTO and co-founder of Path Network. Uh, my name is Marshall Webb. Uh, I started this company about six months ago, and uh, we've grown into a, uh, a very successful little enterprise. So uh, basically what we do is we, uh, we bring network analytics and network monitoring to the, uh, to the blockchain. And you're just monitoring that. So when people come to you, they're looking for the companies, looking for specific blockchain solutions? Yes, that's absolutely correct. So basically, uh, we're, we operate more as a, a traditional enterprise. So what we do is we service our business clients. Uh, companies come to us requesting that we monitor their networks. And what we do is we use a, uh, a blockchain model that allows us to uh, actively uh, monitor and uh, you know check on uh, their networks in real time and at scale. So uh, uh, what we do is we, uh, we have an Airbnb-type model where we basically pay people uh, at home to uh, run our software on their computers, their uh, electronic devices. And then we use this software to uh, monitor the networks of our business customers. Wow. I like that Airbnb model because it's something that I think a lot of us now know as a name brand for that, so people can really latch on to that analogy. Yeah, thank you. So this is a this is something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, I developed this technology at my last company, and uh, uh, we've seen it have a lot of problems. And so we decided to uh, kind of come to market with it and uh, and release it uh, at scale. So give us a little overview about the the platform. If someone's coming to use this, you know, what are they going to expect? Sure. So the typical customer comes to us. Generally, they're a, a small to medium sized ISP, or they're a CDN, or some other you know network that needs. Uh, you know, needs their services checked on uh, on a continuous basis. So um, they come to us, they purchase, and they they request our services. And as we onboard them, uh, we tell our uh, network of monitors uh, around the around the world to check on this network, to monitor this network on behalf of our customer. And uh, by doing so, by doing so globally, uh, we're able to get a good picture of how their network is uh, seen all across the world. So. Uh, as these companies scale out their infrastructure and as they uh, make decisions on how to build out their network in the future, they have an insight into uh, how their network is seen uh, in different regions. They know where to expand, uh, where to cut back, uh, and where they can improve. And we, previously, that's, that's not something businesses have had uh, insight into. So this is a, a new field, and it's something that uh, a lot of people are really excited about. And you provide so many different solutions uh, for companies at Path Network. Do you want to go into a few of those? Absolutely. So uh, part of what we do is, uh, you know, we provide this active picture of how a network is seen. So if a company, uh, let's say they have some downtime in a specific region, or let's say that, uh, you know, they're trying to, let's say that network has a problem. One of our customers, uh, we detect their network is having a problem. We can can tell them uh, where that problem is, uh, how it's impacting different customers of theirs. 
you know, how these uh, residential end users are seeing that outage and, uh, you know, what, what regions are being affected. Uh, so that's one thing. That's what, it's probably, probably one of our core services. One of the other services we offer is insight uh, into competitor research into uh, net neutrality. Uh, we can detect if different ISPs are slowing down traffic as it tries to reach certain networks. So we can detect if Netflix is being treated unfairly by, uh, you know, an ISP in a, in, in a given region or if, uh, you know, different uh, companies are being impacted by this, uh, you know, this new internet with this, uh, as net neutrality kind of dies and goes away, um, this is going to be a bigger and bigger uh, uh, issue of importance to various companies. I love that because you're you're kind of providing this, this service that a lot of us think are, is going away because of net neutrality being in the place that it is. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's something that, uh, you know, we're kind of holding ISPs accountable. We're holding uh, these network providers accountable to how they operate their networks and how they impact different services that people want to access online. Um, and this uh, this visibility, you know, typically in the past, um, a lot of these monitoring solutions have been centralized. Uh, the problem is on a centralized solution, if, uh, if a given company um, – doesn't have insight into every network out there. Let's say, uh, you know, one of our big competitors. Let's say that they uh, they have insight into some ISPs, but maybe they don't have some residential ISPs. Like, uh, uh, so they don't they don't know if Time Warner Cable or Comcast is having issues connecting to a network. You know, maybe they only check from uh, uh, Zayo or Telia. So, uh, because we have this global picture, we can uh, tell our clients, you know, exactly what ISPs are having issues connecting to their network and exactly where those problems are. And that's just something that wasn't available uh, prior to this uh, technology coming out. So uh, we're really excited about what the blockchain allows us to do. And as we see this uh, uh, technology become more ubiquitous and become adopted in more areas, it, it's uh, it's interesting that you know, these real-world applications are starting to come out. And we're, we feel that we're one of the first uh, companies to really come out and make a solid business model around a, uh, around a token. And, and talking about your token, you're currently having a token sale. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Now, there's uh, there's obviously there's a lot of compliance and regulatory policies that we have enforced. Uh, uh, typically, it's not open to individuals here in the U.S., and so it's a uh, it's a very limited offering. Uh, currently, you know, it's international. Uh, however, uh, you know, hopefully in the future that changes. Um, but that's uh, yes, that's currently where we are today. So, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Um, you know, how did you get into space? And what really is motivating for you? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I have a, a very atypical background. Uh, I started life, uh, you know, I, I started college at the age of 12. Um, I went to the university at a very young age. Um, I, I needed a, a 21 to get into college, and I scored a 23 at age 12, and they uh, uh, allowed me to, to get in. So I uh, I applied to Miami University. I was accepted. I passed, uh, you know, I had the requirements on the ACT and I was accepted. And uh, from there, I uh, I studied computer science and uh, I had a, a stint as a hacker. I was a member of uh, Well Security and some other famous uh, hacking groups. And uh, after that, I took what I learned as a hacker and I started a information security company, uh, which became an ISP. Um, what I learned at that ISP, uh, those real world problems that we had, and that we've seen uh, other companies have in the space uh, led us to, you know, set out and uh, develop the technology for PATH. So, uh, a very, very unusual, very interesting background, and uh, but one that's served the company well and given us, uh, you know, a breadth of knowledge into uh, how to approach a lot of issues. You basically just hit life. You hit the hit the road of life running. 
is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it was very, a very fast-paced life. <laughs> Um, well, this is fantastic that you're bringing these solutions uh, to the two companies. Do you ever miss hacking? I know a lot of my computer science friends, they just want to get in there and fix problems and just kind of find their way around the code and whatnot. And so when they start working in companies, they, they miss that aspect. The the adventure and the you know the excitement and uh, the, the daily challenge, you know, of, of that kind of life is, is definitely, it's always, it's always there. It's always... Uh, uh, a point of interest, but it's something that you kind of move past, you know, as you, you know, just like many things in life, as you get older, you know, things get a little bit more serious and you, you, you go down different avenues. But uh, I definitely feel that the skills, the skills that I carry from that time in my life definitely uh, uh, apply to what we're doing today. Definitely a, uh, a lot of hard lessons learned uh, that uh, benefit uh, this project. And I guess in your, in your mindset, what are some of the still the major challenges ahead of us? In this space, so really, it's uh, there's a lot of challenges. I think the biggest one is legitimacy. Uh, one of the big issues mm-hmm. around, you know, blockchain technologies. There's a lot of people that uh, we're simply motivated from a financial perspective, and as we've seen at the end of late last year, as the bubble peaked uh, with Bitcoin and these other uh, alternative cryptocurrencies, um, it just there's an influx of you know less than savory projects that came into the space. And so that was one of the biggest things that allowed us to differentiate early on was we had a we had a solid business model, we had technology in hand, and uh, we were ready to go to market. And I feel that a lot of companies coming into this space, um, they're generally uh, they generally generally are promising to develop technology, but don't quite have it yet, uh, or they're just simply uh, you know they're they're it's more risky. They're an overseas company, or they're not uh, based in the U.S. like we are. They're not uh, they don't have to be as accountable. And uh, we wanted to come in with uh, compliance, accountability, and uh, a solid uh, technology base. And we feel that we've done those things. I love that you bring up accountability because I think as someone who – I don't work in the space, but I talk to a lot of people who do. And then I also know a lot of people who are not involved in the space. And some of the complaints I hear from the people who are not involved in the space is they think that it's it's just this Wild West. Anyone can do anything, and that's why it is so scary for them because there is – it is missing that level of accountability. Yeah, and I, I, I genuinely hope that changes. And I think, I think you know, the industry has taken a lot of good steps. And even from a regulatory perspective, there's a lot of good things that are being introduced by the SEC. They've had a lot of crackdowns on fraudulent ICOs and ICOs that have been problematic. And it's good to see. It's you know, they have a tough job. They you know, they're making a lot of hard decisions about uh, what to go after. And I, I just feel that um, as this industry matures, you know, you know, we'll separate the. Uh, the wheat from the chaff, and you know, as we go forward, you'll see a lot, of, a lot of more companies hopefully come out with solid business models, with, with you know, genuine technology, with you know, uh, something tangible as opposed to what we've seen in the past. Because this is a is a major, could be a major player in our future. I don't believe that that this technology is going anywhere, and and as you kind of mentioned, we are just at the very beginning of learning all the different avenues can go in. Um, you know, for blockchain, we have to remember that. It really is still people who are behind all these things, and it's still going to work the way that people's minds work, good and bad. But I love that it brings together the globe in in such a wonderful way for, say, people who are underbanked or, you know, you need transparency and and these sort sort of ways. Where do you really see it? creating the most impact, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that a lot of people come into the blockchain with uh, with, with a financial mindset, you know, just like you mentioned, banking mm-hmm. the unbanked or some other paradigm that's 
uh, almost seems played out at this point. I feel that yeah. uh, the future, yeah, a lot of projects have tried to shoehorn, you know, blockchain tech into what they're doing, but we feel that there's still going to be organic solutions going forward. There's still going to be a lot of uh, atypical solutions. You know, like we feel we feel that we're a little bit of an outsider. You know, there's a lot of projects that come in and have a financial perspective or something, you know, or that are trying to do something with that capital. But, you know, our, our position is, is, you know, we're coming in as a, uh, a network engineering firm. So it's a little bit different than what's been seen in the past. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, our project wouldn't, just like you mentioned about globalization, uh, that was the strongest uh, uh, motivator for us to go this route. You know, originally we didn't even seek out to uh, have blockchain technology as part of our project, but we realized that it was going to be the only way to incentivize people all across the world to participate uh, as we as we require for the technology to function. So, uh, you know, it ended up being very interesting. And, you know, with your planning and, and your, your foresight, what are some of the the goals that you have set or some of the things you might be rolling out within the next three years or so? Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing that, that we want to we, that we're rolling out right now is we're refining our platform. So our platform where uh, we provide analytics, provide telemetry, provide uh, feedback on the things that we're monitoring in real time. Uh, and then the other the other thing that we want to open up is we want, we do want to open up uh, more pro bono services. So we have this big picture, uh, this unprecedented vista into how the internet operates, and we want to open that up. We want to you know, we want to make that. Uh, available to anyone, uh, you know, internet bodies that research net neutrality, uh, different uh, organizations that follow censorship. Uh, all these things are part of what we detect online as we monitor the web. And so we, we want to make this information public, and that's something that we've we've done projects similar to this in the past. Uh, but this is this is something that we want to carry forward the path, and uh, that we're we're really set up to do and excited to do. The excitement I can I can hear it in your voice. There there is this excitement and compassion for for what you're doing. You know what are some of the the biggest things that you've learned by working in this space and and starting these companies? <laughs> so that's that's a great question. I really like that question. So I think one of the biggest things uh, that I've learned about this space is that um, there is a path forward for companies that want to come into this space and actually do do right. There is a path forward if you're a legitimate company with a legitimate idea and a product in hand, you can come into this space and you can find success as long as your idea merits uh, incorporating blockchain technology into the product. Uh, and that was refreshing. I was afraid that, you know, when we initially began this, we were afraid that uh, with all the, um, I don't know, with all the setbacks late last year for, for fraudulent ICOs and other projects coming in and, um, you know, uh, with, with no accountability, we were afraid that maybe this space wouldn't have much promise going forward, but it still does. It still holds a lot of promise. It just needs more quality products and quality solutions. It's, it's still in such an infancy. You know, we haven't learned how to walk yet. People are still crawling, and some people are up and trying to walk, but they're going to fall. It's kind of just where it's at right now. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we've seen in the past, you know, any time a new technology comes out, you know, we've seen this, uh, you know, there's been a renewed interest in AI. There's been a renewed interest in VR, augmented reality. There's been a new interest mm -hmm. in information security, you know, recently. And uh, just like anything, there's always going to be, um, you know, anytime there's a new paradigm, anytime there's a, uh, a new, uh, you know, uh, interest in technology, there's always going to be uh, products that, you know, overpromise or, uh, teams that don't deliver. Uh, it's uh, just a matter of, uh, you know, maturing. And I think that this, uh, I think the blockchain space is really entering that era of maturity now. And I think that uh, uh, it's going to be a lot harder for some of these, um, you know, uh, less than savory ICOs to gain a foothold in this space going forward. 
And I think that that fear and excitement are both very strong motivators. People get very excited about an idea they have, and it might not necessarily be a bad idea or they don't even mean to hurt people, but they, they try to start things too quickly. They don't have it all set up, and then it turns into something that it was never meant to be. And then fear being the motivator for the people seeing all these failures and and pulling away from a technology that really could be beneficial. Yeah, I, that's a that's a very strong point, and I think we we've, we've seen that play out you know quite a few times over the last uh, you know twelve months. It's really been a, it's been an interesting fall in this space and being a part of it. It's it's so exciting and such a such a fun time to be involved in something like this. It's almost like you get to mold the future in a way because everything that each company and each person is contributing, especially in a blockchain world, <laughs> will be remembered and uh, logged. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's definitely any, anytime you can come into something early, it's always it's always very exciting, and we're we're happy that we caught this space uh, at a time where there was a lot of synergy between what we wanted to do and uh, uh, what people were interested in. I, we really caught it at a good time. Luckily, we were one of the first people to uh, think to apply this concept uh, uh, to network monitoring, and it's uh, it's turned out very well. And if people want to get started with with Path Network. What is you know the easiest way, and what do they what do they need to start getting involved? Absolutely, install install our monitor, J- jump in, install our application, participate, uh, install the client, and uh, you know help participate in the network. We're always excited uh, to get adoption, and we're always excited for more more users to sign up and help provide us uh, the insight and analytics we need to have a better idea of how the web how the web works. And you have a lot of social media. You seem to be very involved in that kind of community. Where are the best places for people to connect in that way? Yeah, so uh, anyone interested in following the project, they can join our uh, our, our Telegram channel. We have a English, both an English-speaking and an, and an international Telegram channel. And uh, they can always follow us on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, uh, more than happy to have, uh, you know, follow-up on questions that anyone may have or uh, anyone reaching out on Telegram or some other means. Or, uh, we're always excited. The team's usually active on there, and we're always able to, uh, follow up pretty quickly to any questions anyone may have. That is fantastic. Well, Marshall, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Future Tech Podcast and really to share your knowledge and your experience with this space. Thank you so much. It was excellent. Thank you. That is Marshall Webb. He is the CTO and co-founder at Path Network. That's path.network if you're looking to find it. Thank you all so much for joining us today on Future Tech Podcast. This has been Juliet Lamar. We'll talk to you later. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.